If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow. Uh, when it decides to, we're having trouble connecting with Facebook again today. Some tech stuff that uh, I got to get ironed out here, but we'll have that, I think, I think, who knows, up and running here. Uh, in the next the next segment. So good to be here. Night number two last night of the Democrat National Convention. This thing um, still on the path to being a what I consider just an objective train wreck. And I really mean this. I know. And and what the by the way the ratings for this thing. Do you see how pathetic this is? They've already set the bar. I was watching one of these. Uh, commentators on ABC. I don't even know who who he was. Um, so this is not meant to not give him credit. I don't know why anyone anyone would want credit for for this. But I mean, effectively, they've lowered the bar for this thing to such a point um, where they're now telling us they don't even really expect to see a post convention Biden well nominee bump. They don't expect to see. Joe Biden have a bump in the polls after uh, after this convention just because of a lot of factors. One being that nobody's watching. Two, the people who are watching find themselves dealing with things like what they've dealt with last night and the night before, which is just stupid stuff. I mean, this just th- th- there's no energy in these things. You know what I thought last night when I watched this? This is this is kind of a sketch, a skit, a comedy routine for those of you who have been on a Zoom call, right? And and many many of you have been on Zoom calls long before COVID hit. I had been on some some Zoom calls or other calls like that. Um, forget some of the other platform names at the moment, but. I've been on some of those calls before, and it always they always seem to go this way, especially if there's a group of people. This this convention feels like that. You know, you've got the guy who logs into the call, and he's moving his lips, and no one in the room can hear him. This this is like the first five to maybe fifteen minutes of a Zoom call, depending on upon how many people and how bad uh, the users are at figuring out specifics pertaining to the Zoom call. But usually it's something like, Bill, you got to unmute 
Bill, Bill, can you hear me? Bill, your your mouth is moving, but but the Zoom call, we can't hear you. Make sure it's unmuted. Then you got the guy who's got his camera facing the wrong direction. It's showing what's behind him instead of what's, you know, on camera. Then you've got you know the people who can't get into the Zoom call. We actually every every Friday we hold we host a prayer call um, here at the Todd Huff Show. We have a prayer team and we do a call on Friday mornings right after this program, actually. And we use Zoom. And I'm telling you, I feel like I've logged into Zoom differently every time. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I have a link. Sometimes it asks me for a password. Last week or maybe the week before. It actually, I'm the host of the meeting, and I logged in, and I was in the waiting room, and it said the host is not yet logged in. <laughs> and then one of the other people, um, one of the other members of the prayer team, she's, she was in the room too, waiting for the host, and then it said the host um, the host left the meeting, which I did because it said I was waiting for the host, which was me. This is the sort of stuff. I'm telling you, that's what this convention is. That's what this convention is. People don't know they're on when they're on. Last night, the poor guy that was – last night, they did. Biden is the official nominee. So we can now put to rest, and I've – you know, we, we've had conversations, and I've even had people on here. Victor – even when we had Victor Davis Hanson, he talked about – and he, he wasn't wrong, by the way. Don't misunderstand. Talked about the possibility that Biden wouldn't even be the nominee. People giving some percentages that I'd heard 30 percent. I'd heard up to 50 percent by some folks. We're past that now. It's 100% Joe Biden. He is the nominee. Now, we still have a gap between today and Election Day, November 3rd, uh, here in the next, what, two and a half months or whatever that is, where, you know, who knows, depending on how I, – I put nothing past Democrat, the Democrat Party. But nonetheless, um, he is the official nominee last night. So I felt bad for the guy. I don't know his name either. He was on camera – to basically pass it over to the 57 states, as Obama would tell us, states and territories to announce who their state delegates were being assigned to or cast for. And this is the formal process. So this is – I was explaining to my son last night. I was explaining to my son last night who, by the way, can I say – I'm just going to say it. It's one of those mornings. We're sitting there watching. I've let him stay up to, to watch this thing. It's an educational, pro, you know, process, and he gets to see what's going on. Plus, he likes to stay up late. Let's just get, let's just be honest. Kid likes to stay up late. It doesn't matter um, for what reason. He'll take any reason conceivable under the sun. He's eleven, and I, you know, good kid. Interested. I mean, interested to a point, but he's still eleven. So he actually, we saw Jimmy Carter last night, and he actually. Well, had a puzzled look on his face, and he asked if that was if that was Biden's parents, <laughs> and and I said I said no, it's not. That's actually one of the presidents, former presidents. I said they're not too terribly <laughs> too terribly far apart in age. If we're getting down to nitty gritty here, Biden would be the oldest uh, oldest elected president in U.S. history. But anyway, anyway, so. This thing is just a, a train wreck, train wreck. So the guy last night that's introducing, that's that's kicking off, uh, you know, going state by state to the delegates, you know, Alabama announces their delegates in, al- in alphabetical order. We go through this thing. 
with the exception, I think, Delaware, since that's Biden state, did it last. Anyway, so there's like an awkward pause. He's on screen for, I don't know, five seconds just smiling. Nobody knows when to, when it's time to go. I think it was uh, Chuck Schumer. Yeah, Chuck Schumer last night standing uh, in Brooklyn. He was referencing things in the background, which apparently was a Statue of Liberty. You would think from as close as he was that we could have recognized that. After he said it and I squinted my eyes, I could tell it was a Statue of Liberty. A boat had gone by during that part. In fact, it made me it reminded me of those Trump boats that went behind uh, different people when they're speaking. You've seen the one that go went behind. I think it was Bernie and just laid on its on its horn. <laughs> I was hoping for that last night. Did not happen. Did not happen. But it wouldn't have surprised me because this thing is so. It's it's really a sideshow. But nobody's watching. No one expects the pundits anyway. Don't expect a Biden bounce from this. And in fact, they're now telling us that conventions don't matter this year that's what they're on the record of telling us that's what i heard last night in the commentary of this you know this nonsensical drivel we've been i've been subjecting myself to willingly by the way for you so that we can talk about this but they're now telling us it doesn't matter it doesn't matter this year conventions don't matter which is really a way of saying nobody's excited nobody's excited to see Joe Biden is the nominee. That's really the takeaway from this. Nobody. Nobody is. By the way, speaking of Jimmy Carter, think about it this way. Biden, Biden had been in four years, four years when Jimmy Carter, he was in Congress for four years before, before Jimmy Carter was elected president. There may be people listening to my voice right now. They aren't conservatives, of course, that said we had a president named Jimmy Carter. Yes, we did. Back in 1976, he was elected, the peanut president from Georgia. And this is where you had terms like economic malaise. Uh, this was kind of like if uh, one way of thinking about it is Obama's first term where the economy ground to a halt. There were shortages. You could, you could only get gas certain days of the week because of conditions that were created uh, by – by Jimmy Carter and his administration, his just the way that they led and managed the economy, it was atrocious. It led to a overwhelming Reagan victory in 1980, even more overwhelming in 1984 when Reagan won every state but Walter Mondale's Minnesota in 1984. And so that's, I mean, that's the lay of the land. That's the way the uh, Iranian, the U.S. embassy in Iran, we, you know, we had the whole hostage situations, which, by the way, the Iranians kept hostages until the day Reagan, till the day Reagan gave his inaugural address. They'd been held captive for 400 and some days, and they were released the day Reagan took office. I mean, it was just a, a disaster. And I don't look, Jimmy Carter's older now, and this is not personal, but, but these ideas that have been implemented by the left – have caused problems for this country for a long, long time economically and on the world stage. And so you combine that, the terrible ideas, with the ter terrible production value that we've seen, and now the expectations being set low, being set to the point where the you know they're basically telling us we don't expect a bump coming out of this convention for Biden. Uh, conventions don't matter. Biden officially got the nomination last night. It 
somewhat reminded me of the moment when Hillary put that fake, phony, straight-out weird look on her, fa- on her face when the balloons fell. It wasn't that bad, but Biden had a moment like that when his uh, the announcement was made that he was going to be the Democrat nominee for president of the United States. By the way, they, they nominated two individuals. They nominated uh, Bernie. Of course, they had to nominate Bernie. He had some delegates that would be cast his way as well. AOC was involved in that. She got her 60 seconds and, you know, just the radical. I mean, it sounded to me, again, this is giving you the 30,000-foot summary synopsis, straight up, like straight up communism coming from the mouth of AOC listening to the, I mean, it was it was like one talking point after another. She's getting in trouble this morning for not having even mentioned Biden. Although in fairness to her, she was she was nominating Bernie. This these are kind of the mechanical parts of this thing. So the 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 main I guess legal reason for this convention happened last night, and Biden's now officially the nominee. Now the next two nights are supposed to be celebrations, but they've set the bar so low that I don't know how much of a celebration there can actually be. So I want to talk a little bit about this convention. I want to talk about some other things in the news. I want to talk a little bit about this Bill Clinton situation. Bill Clinton, it's amazing. It is truly amazing how the media does backbends and contorts itself to defend in the Me Too era, in the Me Too era, having a speaker, although he was not allowed to speak in primetime, like in, in the main part of this this thing, but he spoke last night, lecturing. I mean, just it's just crazy stuff. Talking about character. I mean, it's 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 bold. It, it was it was like it was uh, the night before when Cuomo went up on stage and talked about talked about coronavirus. Talked about how Trump should basically learn from how his state was responded to coronavirus. I mean, what on earth are we talking about? It's just bizarre, crazy, out of control stuff. So, gonna play some sound bites. Gonna play Stacey Abrams' soundbite as well. She says, "America, democracies don't elect saviors." I want you to hear that. I want to talk about that because that's kind of what I thought they were acting like Obama was back in 2008. It's just amazing the hypocrisy, the double standards, the way the narratives change depending upon which party's convention they're at and who the nominee is what the narrative of the day is. So talk about those things and maybe more. And we should have Facebook up and running here after the break. So sit tight. You are listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, so here we are, day number two, night number two of this exciting, exhilarating Democrat National Convention. I want to play one of the things we heard Stacey Abrams, the radical Stacey Abrams, who, of course, has given part in what they're calling the keynote. She has a, a part in what they call the keynote, even though, even though I'm not entirely sure that I would call this thing a keynote. It's a series that's a montage of people who get a couple of minutes. She got a couple of minutes to do this keynote, but I want to focus on one part in particular. 
one part of her speech in particular last night. This is Stacey Abrams about halfway through her two-minute speech. Again, kicking off the evening where Biden officially received the nomination. And so this is what she has to say about really the role of a president, I guess, in general terms in They use the term democracy. Folks, I I know that this seems harmless to many people. This is a constitutional republic. This is a constitutional republic. We We do not have a pure democracy. There are certainly democratic aspects to our republic. People get to have a voice. People get to, you know, elect or cast their votes for candidates. But we do not have a democracy. But nonetheless, this is how they're trained to talk about this, and then it's a subtle shift into, uh, you know, democratic socialism, which basically means you can take whatever you want from someone else so long as half of the people are a majority, half plus one, say that that's okay. That's what Democrat – you want to know what Democrat – that's what democratic socialism is. You can take whatever you want from whomever you want so long as a majority of people say that you can do it. That's democratic. Democratic socialism is justifiable theft for the so-called common good. Meanwhile, the producers, those who have been successful, those who have worked and sacrificed, put everything on the line for the success of their business, their entrepreneurship, their – I mean they, they've sacrificed – I can relate to a, to a point here um, with some of the things that we've done, but – just thinking about how this is so misguided, this this viewpoint, how the, the wealthy are, I don't know, positioned or how they're attacked, how they're blamed for everything. Democratic socialists, we're a step away from that. Anyway, this is what she has to say last night. In a democracy, we do not elect saviors. We cast our ballots for those who see our struggles and pledge to serve who hear our dreams and work to make them real, who defend our way of life by protecting our right to vote. Faced with a president of cowardice, Joe Biden is a man of proven courage. He will restore our moral compass Mm -hmm. by confronting our challenges, not by hiding from them or undermining our elections to keep his job. In a time of voter suppression at home and authoritarian I mean, stop abroad, it. I can't take any more of this. Voter suppression at home. Would you say authoritarianism abroad? Is that what she said? I didn't catch that last that last point. I listened to this stuff last night. But she says here, she says here, in a democracy we don't we don't elect saviors, which is by the way correct. By the way, correct. In fact, you may from time to time hear me talk about this. This is something that's important. I think, in understanding the role of government. Government is not a savior. Individuals are not saviors. In fact, as a Christian, I already have acknowledged the savior. I don't need another savior. I don't need, no no one needs a human being to come in and be a political leader and be viewed as a savior. That is not the role. Now it gets, there are some things I want to go through because number one, Number one, you can have a president who you could say, you know, intervenes and saves America from the course that it's on. Because ironically, 
as Stacey Abrams is making these comments, as she's saying America, or excuse me, democracies, she could say America is really what she's saying, does not elect saviors. The party that is putting more and more – now, there's Republicans that do this too, so I'm not giving them a free pass. But you know, on, on one side of the aisle, we have people who think they're driving an IndyCar full throttle towards the cliff of socialism and big government. On the other side of the aisle, again, there's different groups, different people within the Republican Party. But the Republican moderates or the, the country clubbers – the establishment Republicans, they have a viewpoint that says we're going to move towards that, but instead of driving an IndyCar, we're going to drive maybe a, a regular automobile at the speed limit on the on the interstate. So one may be going 230-plus towards socialism. The other might be going 70 or even 80, depending upon where you are in the country with your speed limits. As that, So we're moving towards that with both parties, more government – less freedom, higher taxation. Now, Trump came in and rattled that, shook that up. He did. It's undeniable. He did these things. In fact, that's one of the things you'll hear them rant and rave about is undoing President Trump's tax cuts, which only benefit the wealthy. It's as though no one sat down and looked at their, on the Democrat Party side anyway, looked at their the differences in their tax returns between when the tax cut happened and the year before it happened. I mean, it's it's demonstrable. It's math. I know that math can be tricky for democratic socialists. They don't understand that numbers are real things that represent real dollars, that represent the amount of work, the amount of productive uh, production that Americans engage in, productive activities. That is a – money is a representation of that work, of its value – Although they think these numbers can be made up and, you know, they think there's no real difference between million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, whatever. They just – they think it's – the government can just print more of it. They have no understanding of of economics. But so we have clearly people that are moving us towards what the left and towards socialism and towards big government and towards government being our savior. Then they tell us that we don't elect saviors. Well, then I say if we don't elect saviors, then stop trying to save me from myself. Stop trying to take away my liberties. Stop trying to insist upon higher tax rates. Stop trying to insist that I comply with every little minutia and detail of your perspective, particular worldview. Stop. If you don't believe that the government is a savior, then stop policing every little detail of our lives. Stop the bureaucratic state. Stop the the PC police. Stop it. Knock it off. Stand for liberty. Actually, stand up for people you don't agree with because they have an ability. They have a freedom. They're free to believe and to say what they want. Stand up for that. That's the real test of this, by the way. If you can't stand up for someone who says something with which you vehemently disagree— then you're not really on the side of free speech and liberty. And we have a lot of that in Washington, D.C. She has the audacity. I'm I'm reminded of President Obama when he won the election. I think it was in Hyde Park in Chicago. And this it was the this is the moment speech. This is the moment, folks. When you when you cast your vote for him, when when he won the election in 2000 and 2008, he goes up to the microphone and has the the God reverb standing up there in front of all the folks 
announcing his victory, saying that this is the moment. This is the moment the sea levels are going to recede, folks. And they're going to tell me that they don't elect saviors. I know we don't elect saviors, and I got more to say about this. We don't elect saviors, but we can elect people. We can elect people who redirect America back to what it was. And this is the whole make America great again thing. Move America back towards the individual, away from the bureaucratic state, away from big government, away from tyranny and oppression and infringing upon the rights of individuals, taking away liberty, away from high taxation, away from government promises, and towards the individual, unleashing the creative potential, the freedom, the liberty of individual Americans across this this country. And so while people that do that are not the savior, because ultimately it comes down to how we use those freedoms. You see, it doesn't come from a decision made in Washington, D.C., some bureaucrat, some elected official deciding what it is that you and I can do in our lives. Instead, it, it comes from the ability, from someone defending the rights for us to make those decisions on ourselves. You see, a savior does something on our behalf. Someone who saves this constitutional republic is one who stands not to do something on our behalf, but rather to protect our rights to do something on our own. And that, my friend, is what this nation was built upon. America should not elect saviors, but for far too often, I mean, I hear it. You hear it. These promises, these grand, I mean, Biden's going to cure cancer. That's what he says. He makes it sound like he's got the cure and he's not going to share it unless he wins the presidency. And then not only is he going to cure cancer, he's going to bring out diabetes as well. He's going to teach us how to cure Alzheimer's and COVID. I mean, this is remarkable. See, saviors do those things. Instead, the right thing to say is, look, I'm going to stand for the establishment of a society where people have freedom, where people are not micromanaged by the federal government, and they can seek to create solutions to these diseases without the heavy hand of government making it complicated for them. And then they will come up with a solution. The present, the idea that one man has the cure for cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes, and COVID, if that is what someone believes, folks, I almost think, I almost, I find myself asking, is that person even living close to the realm of reality? Anyway, we don't. We don't elect saviors. The problem is the Democrat Party has been positioning their candidates as saviors for a long time. Just vote for them and they will fix your problems. That is the positioning. That is the argument. Those are the promises. Remember when Obama back in 2000, 2008 was asked by a woman if, if he would help her get a kitchen. Remember this? I got the audio somewhere. She actually asked him if, if he would help her get her new kitchen. That's just not uh, – the, the thinking there is so far off from what we – Need you see you ask saviors that you don't ask you don't ask someone who's simply unleashing the power your individual choice the power of your choices the power of your liberty the power of your you know simply your ability to keep what you've earned that's not a savior that's someone who simply said we're not going to have a government that 
makes uh, the, that tells people that what their leaders are doing will literally save them. It's it's actually the exact opposite. But she thinks she wants you to believe that Trump thinks he's a savior. Now Trump will say, "I created this many jobs and all this sort of stuff," but really what happened is he created conditions whereby people and businesses had confidence in making these decisions on their own, making these things happen on their own. Businesses and business people create jobs, not not the federal government. It's important to understand, and that's why we don't have saviors, but Stacey Abrams is completely wrong in how she's thinking about that. Anyway, really long in this segment, Oz has tried uh, valiantly over here to get my attention a couple of times. I'm going to follow her advice here and take a break here. So come back and continue this discussion. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, you know, you would think in an era of the Me Too movement, I mean, this was uh, the Democrats had planned to use the Me Too movement politically. And I'm not, look, I'm not delegitimizing. There's certainly things that have been exposed by individuals, some painful circumstances that women had gone through at the hands of um, just some terrible. Men, there's no doubt about it. There's some, some, hear me out, instances where women had accused innocent men of not doing, or excuse me, of, of doing something they didn't do. So there's there's real problems that have been exposed by this Me Too movement. But the Democrats had planned to use this for some time politically. And so that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, the main drivers, they want to ride that wave and that narrative, that trend, that's where the uh, Kamala Harris pick originated. That's why Biden had been out for months saying that he was going to pick a woman. Then it turned into a black woman because of the circumstances. And they've always tried to, to rile up racial animosity and division as well. It's just amazing to me how they act as though Trump's the one that's that's done this. As I've said before, And I'll say again, the only difference between Trump, and it's a big difference. I'm not minimizing when I say the only difference, but the the, the difference between Trump and um, other Republican presidents is that Trump fights back. That's the only difference. The reason it is at this point where there's a – hopefully it's it's the climax here. It's not going to continue to drive past this point, although it will get worse. We're embarking upon these next – whatever it is, 10 weeks or so, we're embarking upon a time that it's going to get very contentious and the average American is going to have a tough time with with what we're about to go through here. But that being said, that being said, the reason that that, that this tension and climax, hopefully again climax exists, is because because of the standard tactics the left and the media use, which is attack the sitting... Republican president. This you, you can go back and find this throughout throughout modern history. You look at Reagan, you look at Bush, you look at uh, George W. Bush. That's this is what they do. And so Trump says, "I'm not going to sit here and take it. I'm going to fight back." And so every time the the media and the Democrats levy a charge, Trump doubles down and 
throw something back in their faces. That's why he's on Twitter last night when they're out there on their virtual convention, which again is another train wreck. So Trump's out there on Twitter. Someone says something he doesn't like, he's going to respond <laughs> in real time on Twitter. It drives people crazy. But I think if you properly see the perspective of what has happened and why Republicans have taken it on the metaphorical chin in some cases, I think what he's doing is is he's almost even a necessary thing. You know, back in 2016, when I was reviewing the conservative, well, the, the Republican candidates, there were two criteria that I was looking for: a conservative individual as conservative Christian or a, a, a constitutional conservative, someone who embraces the foundational principles of this country. Number one, number two, I wanted someone who wasn't going to be a wimp, because sometimes you get one and not the other. Sometimes you get conservatives who are principled, but yet when it comes time to fight, they don't have a clue. And they are caught you know, with their, their guard down. They don't know how to fight back. They allow themselves to be defined by the media, and they are ineffective. And they are, in some instances, even politically neutered. They're just totally beaten down, and they don't know what to do about it. And Trump's not that way. And so this tension exists because Trump is not going to play the game as as normal. And so here we are. Here we are. And we've got, again, we've got the Me Too movement. We've got the, 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 the Kamala Harris pick because she's a woman, but also because she's a black woman, which according to Biden himself, a black woman is the only qualified candidate. If you're in any other group, if you identify as any other race or if you identify as a as a male, you are not qualified by Biden's own criteria to be his vice president. I'm still waiting for him to answer that. Answer that question why that's the case. So, um but they they in light of all this, the Democrats still bring Bill Clinton folks, Bill Clinton to the stage. So, I want to play an exchange. There was an exchange about this with Van Jones uh, Jennifer Granholm and another guest on CNN, Anderson Cooper 360. I want to play this, and I want you to hear. It's just amazing to me. And they, they do this for all people to see, but unless people, unless the media pushes back on this, which they will not, people just, a lot of people just go about their business. They don't see the hypocrisy and the double standard, but it is so glaringly obvious when you think about Bill Clinton. And of course, many people don't know how bad. Bill Clinton really was, all the allegations made against him. His, I mean, the amount of Me Too allegations there are hard to keep track of. So anyway, talk about that when we get back. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. If I said the names Juanita Broderick, Kathleen Willey, Paula Jones, and there's others, for those that followed Clinton back in the 1990s, you would know that these are all women who have made various allegations, but all allegations that pertain to everything from rape to, I mean, just sexual assault, which again, I'm not minimizing, but there's from rape to inappropriate touching and virtually everything in between. So Me Too movement, 
First female vice president, potentially, hopefully not, with Kamala Harris. Democrats decide, I mean, they're in a tough position in this sense. Do, do we bring Bill Clinton out? I mean, Bill Clinton was uh, one of the most recent Democrat presidents of the United States. I mean, it's hard to say no, especially when you bring out Jimmy Carter. So they've got him out there, but he's got his Me Too problems that are off the charts. And I want you to listen to this exchange. I don't have time to go through all this, but I just wanted you to hear this, this exchange between uh, Scott Jennings and Jennifer Granholm, Van Jones, and Anderson Cooper on CNN. I want you to listen to that. Here it is. I am dumbfounded by this bill. How, how is it that Bill Clinton has not been canceled by the Democratic? How has he survived all of these waves of cancellation when he has been one of the biggest violators of these rules at all these years? I mean, we, we talked last night about the use of character. We talked, about, we talked about the Take use of, chance. listen, we talked about the use of character to try to say Donald Trump is a man of low character, Joe Biden is. Okay, fine. Trump is fine. If that's, that's, he's fair game on that. It's totally fine. So you're going to say that in one breath and then say, character matters. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Clinton. I mean, <laughs> does this make sense to anyone? If you want Republicans to vote for Joe Biden, having Bill Clinton talk about character and oh not having drama how, how in the Oval Office, is that the right this? answer? Okay, this has already been asked and answered decades ago. The point is... There you go. That's their answer. Van Jones says it's a redemption, brother. Jennifer Graham, uh, Granholm says, how far back are we going to relitigate this? The problem is Bill Clinton's not admitted to these things. You can say Monica Lewinsky, but that's when he got caught. I mean, he was caught. There, She kept the dress. I mean, this was... A big deal. And if you know the story, I, you go back to, to Drudge. I mean, Drudge was important in, in, in what happened here. I mean, the media, I don't know what would have happened if there wasn't someone like a Matt Drudge. And there wasn't someone who was trying to help Monica Lewinsky tell her story. They tried not to let this be the case. It wasn't like Bill Clinton said, you caught me, I messed up, I'm sorry, and I want to repent. There's... That's not at all what we're dealing with. There's still a lot of unaccounted for trauma that's been alleged here by against Bill Clinton. They say it's been over. It's 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 uh, you know over and done with. It's been atoned for. Redemption. Well, redemption requires that you know that there's a confession, and there may need to be there may even need to be some uh, you know um, paying people making. Making amends. You don't deny this. It doesn't give you the luxury to do that anyway. It's peculiar at best and incredibly hypocritical and insane at, at, at worst for the Democrats to do this with Bill Clinton. But anyway, got to take a break here. Sit back. Be back in just a minute. Again, the double standards, the hypocrisy is just really <laughs> it's just hard to to swallow and comprehend. But but these answers suffice for many people, unfortunately. These answers suffice. It was a long time ago, man. Get over it. Get over it. That's a Democrat, man. They they get a free pass. I it's it's just remarkable to think about how blatantly hypocritical these folks are 
Just like, again, Cuomo yesterday, Andrew Cuomo coming out there criticizing Trump on his coronavirus response. By the way, Cuomo is coming out with a book, coming out with a book on how to lead through a crisis like coronavirus. But the double standard hypocrisy is unbelievable. I got to go. Join us in hour two, SDG. Be back in a minute. 